Welcome to Boku de Gaio, the spiciest anime podcast on the internet. Moi caliente. I love how Discord cut off the moi, so I just got a hibbida caliente. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, if you could not tell, today we are recording remotely, which is why Michael sounds normal and I sound like a uh, little poopy doo-doo. That's um, right, because I pay turned... like actual, like I, I have sold my firstborn child to uh to Mediacom in order to get the greatest down speeds in the land, which upstairs well, and behind a fucking thing is like none. So Yeah. I no, like I have I have good internet, but the biggest issue is the fact that uh you're using a microphone and I am using a uh four year old uh Turtle Beach headset to record. Ah uh, yes. So it's not the most professional of audio equipment, but like, hey, it tortoise gets the job sandbar, done. the greatest tortoise sandbar. <laughs> yes, uh, um, but yeah, we're 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 staying safe because of COVID. Uh, we're apart from each other this week because a bunch of cock gobblers decided that actually coronavirus didn't apply to them, and so they've been out just like pounding brewskis at the bars, you know, doing keggers. Uh, I don't yeah. know probably just sticking their tongue in the urinal with how the fuck the outbreaks are going at, at the moment. Kind of wild. Yeah, I I, I kind of called it, like, I've been telling everybody I know that's like, oh, coronavirus is getting better. Like, no, everybody just went to school. Yeah. N- nobody under the age of 30 is going to give two shits about coronavirus. Every, all, they're all just going to go to parties. They're all just going to go to the bars. In fact. And also, like, half the boomer population believes trump when he says that the coronavirus doesn't exist or whatever so yeah yeah nothing you could do there but you know outbreak two of the backstreet boys really reunion tour has started outbreak two uh, electric boogaloo (laughs) yeah so we're doing this remotely so michael what uh what anime are we talking about today well today i'm glad you asked we are talking (laughs) about (laughs) fucking just making god i'm so good at segways yeah the best uh, we are talking about a show called Violet Evergarden, a Netflix uh, original anime, I believe, or at least they they thought it was original enough to slap their fucking logo on it. Yeah, like the there's a manga that exists, but apparently if uh, oh what's what's the difference? Manga has pictures. Light novel is just a book. Oh really? Yeah. Oh shit. I mean, I it's, it, it's basically it's still like episodic, like a manga is. Is in like you right. buy like volume one, volume two. It's it's literally a manga for people with no artistic talent. Is what I, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm sure. sure. That's, I'm sure that's not true. That's yeah. just a random roast. Yeah. I'm not sure why. Yeah. Fucking do that. But in yeah, I guess I always assumed when Netflix said Netflix original, they meant like somebody that works for Netflix like made the concept for the show. No, absolutely not. I guess that not. just means I that guess just that just means, means they bought they, the like... fucking rights to slap it on there. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Well, yeah, Violet Evergarden. Uh yeah. a real 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 good-looking show, huh? Yeah. Real pretty. Very very pretty. Very very yeah. pretty. Should we hit some show information real quick? Yeah, sure. Go for All it. Right. So, uh studio is Kyoto Animation. They make a bunch of other shit like this. Uh, they focus on very, like, uh, not very action-y, just, like, feels animes, which this was. Mm-hmm. Uh, director Taichi Ishidate. Why the fuck do I do this to myself? Every single episode. <laughs> I just have to, like just disgrace a man's fucking culture by slaughtering his name. And, I, and of course, my lazy ass uh, isn't like, maybe I should, like, Google pronunciations or something like this. Oh, no, absolutely not. Taichi Isidate. I'm just going to say, that's your name. If it's not, I'm so sorry. But, you know. And his past work is he's basically worked on other Kyoto animation stuff in the past. He's kind of, he's an in-house guy. That they got to direct this. This is... I don't think it's his first directing project, but he's definitely worked on a lot of other things before. So this is, like... Oh, he's he's only directed, like, one or two shows, including this one. Uh, airing gotcha. dates were the winter anime season of 2018, so January 11th through April 5th. Was that... Now, I'm not sure what that means, because I thought Netflix just, like, drop would drop the entire show. They 
do. They don't so, drop so then it they must episodically. Have just, yeah, so then they must have just dropped the entire show during the winter season. Which is, ah, gotcha. Which is fine, but just a thing. And then, of course, uh, for the first time, I'm going to actually shout out the guy who wrote the original light novel, which is, oh, God in heaven. <laughs> uh, I, Kana, that was the easy one. K-A-N-A. Even I, I mean, my fucking Anglo ass can get that shit. And then Akats, Akatsuki? Kana Akatsuki. That's you. There you go. And you wrote That's a book. That's the guy. You wrote several books. And there you go. Also published by Kyoto Animation. Apparently. They they, they, they publish shit too. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah. Yep. So they published it. Now the light novel, according to my obviously off the top of my head knowledge is well is well awarded actually the novel and the show uh apparently it won the grand prize in the fifth kyoto animation awards novel category in 2014 the first ever to win a grand prize in any of the three categories novel scenario and manga and then the and then the actual show won the Won an award for Best Animation in the Crunchyroll Anime Awards. As it should. And I, 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 I agree. I agree. And, yeah, so very, very awarded show. Very, I don't know, accoladed show. And that's saying a lot for a show I fucking hated. Yeah, I waited. No, <laughs> yeah. dude, what? I fucking, every episode oh. was a goddamn slog for me. I, not a single episode did I enjoy front to back. That's right. I'm saying it. Oh. Dude, I, know. I, oh. Yeah, I know, <laughs> okay. I know. Okay, I know. okay. Uh, before uh, I end a, like, ten-year <laughs> friendship real quick, I think we should cover some yeah. plot points. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, so. So. Uh, who's doing it? Fuck. All right, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do yeah, it. I got you, it. Yeah, you go in. You go in. Uh, so, uh, the show covers the main character, whose name is Violet Evergarden. She was a orphan in, like, kind of Victorian English vibe times. It kind of feels like it takes place after something that was roughly comparable to, like, World War II. Um, but, like, kind of like I, that I, time I, period. I'd say smaller than that. They, they, they just yeah. keep saying it was, like, the North versus the South. So yeah. I think it was just like two countries were just fucking duking it out. So maybe like some like France versus England shit. Yeah. So it's it's got those vibes. It's around that time period it feels. Um, but all obvious. It's a fictional fictional location uh, with some really big ridiculous names that I don't care to remember. Um, but she's a orphan that gets essentially picked up and quote unquote saved by the good guy part of the army. Uh, and, uh, one of the majors, Major Bougainvillea, uh, decides to take her wait, wait, under so, his Wait, sorry, wing. sorry, sorry, What was that name? Major Bougainvillea. Bugatti Versa? <laughs> no, Bougainvillea. Bologna Chia. Yeah, Bologna Chia. You just Bolognese pour some water on that. Lolita. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's the one. Yeah, okay. So Major Bolognese Lolita picks yep, her up. Uh, picks her up and then essentially turns her into a killing machine. Nope, false. Um, uh, she was that before he got her. Uh, he was... Oh. So basically, uh, his, his his little shithole brother picks her up and is like, I got you a present! And then fucking... Here's a, here's a one-woman army. She's, o she's only good for killing. Uh, that's all she does. Go use her however you want. Gotcha. Okay, so uh, Major Baloney Village picks up uh, the uh, killer killer woman, and they go around. Ooh, they go around killing real good uh, until during a specifically violent battle, 
um, major baloney virus uh, gets uh, essentially smashed by some artillery. She gets real sad. She gets both of her arms blown off trying to save him. Uh, and let me point out, snap- not in what is possibly the worst piece of injury de- depiction I've ever seen, uh, a guy yeets a grenade and then, like she was a fucking G.I. Joe action figure, her arms just heh, fall off Well, after sustaining no other injuries. They just... Her, her first, first her right arm gets blown off by a guy with a rifle. Nope, nope, it gets shot. She gets shot, an explosion happens, and then just they heh, they fall off. She loses both arms in one explosion? Yes, yeah. One Jesus grenade, Christ. both arms fall off like an action figure. Huh. Well, fuck. That was a that was episode one. It's hard to remember that far back. Nope, that um, was in episode nine that they showed what? us that shit. No, it yes. wasn't. Yes, it was. Oh, God, it was. That's right. They went through a backstory later. Uh-huh. Uh, but either way, uh, Major dies. She gets both her arms blown off. Uh, snap cut to her in a hospital. She has big metal prosthetic arms. Uh, she's writing a sad letter to the Major. Uh, essentially what happens after this point is she becomes what's called a auto-memories doll. Uh, she writes letters for people that don't know how to write and want emotional letters sent to their loved ones. Um, and she's essentially at this point like an emotionless husk of a, of a, a girl, uh, because she was essentially a child soldier and she doesn't know how to feel, really. Uh, and it's essentially just her, uh, the story of her helping other people get their emotions down on paper and her slowly learning how to feel emotion through witnessing and writing about the emotions of other people. Um, there's a, it also deals with the theme of like PTSD and working through, uh, like the struggles of coming home after having like killed a bunch of people. Um, and then the, also the, just the, the, the main theme is the theme of loss, just, uh, people dying, people leaving all this kind of stuff and like dealing with that hardship. But by the end, um, you know, she, she kind of works through her emotional issues. Uh, she lets the major go and she like starts her life like full heartedly new, uh, as a auto memories doll and just starts helping people through writing letters. Yeah, yeah, that is a, yeah, that's what happens. There's a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of stuff in the middle, but big thing is that this is a fairly episodic show. Each episode is kind of like a little self-contained story. So, really, anywhere you dip in, you get kind of a bit, you 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 getting a you 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 getting a story, <laughs> Luke. <laughs> Fuck me. Uh, <laughs> story one gets. I. So yeah, no matter where you come in, you get you get a full story, uh, of Violet basically coming in and helping other, helping someone, through through their own issue that they had, uh, via the war usually. And, right. And that's the whole thing. So, uh, I've, I've already alluded to my thoughts on the show, and I got some reasons, but I want, but I want to hear you. I, I, All right. Give me your elevator pitch on why this show slaps. So I just I just think it's a really uh, interesting concept just from the get go. Like I, this was one of the few uh, animes where, um, rather than you know getting a recommendation from somebody or like seeing a clip somewhere, because that's usually how I find my shows is I see like a cool anime clip on some kind of social media and I go, I have to watch that anime. Um, with this one, it was more just, uh, I heard the description of it, which was just the, that small snippet of like, uh, you know, child soldier learns how to feel emotions by writing emotional letters for people that don't know how to write. And I was like, yeah, that's a, that's an awesome concept for a show. Like I, I think that sounds super good. Uh, the art style, in my opinion, I, I honestly, uh, I think this looks, 
and I know you're probably going to hate me for this, and I know a lot of people in the comments are probably going to, or, like, a lot of people that watch this are going to hate me for it. Uh, I, I don't think, uh, I've ever, like, this is, this is the best looking show I've ever seen, in my opinion. It, I mean, it beats Studio Ghibli, in my uh, opinion. It beats, uh, your name, in my opinion. Like, it beats all of that, in my opinion. Uh, I think, uh, not just the animation style and, like, the art, um, but just the, uh, the setting that it builds with some of the visuals uh, is, like, undeniably incredible uh, because you get this sense of uh, everything you see fits perfectly into the time period. Nothing is out of place. Every small street you see, every village, every, you know, every cloud in the sky looks like that's the exact cloud that should be in that spot at that time, you know? Uh, I, I constantly got this really immersive sense when I was watching the show. Um, a, another thing is it, it felt uh, more on the side of, of um, dare I say, realism, I guess, uh, when it comes to, like, the emotional responses and the, like, general, um, like, personalities of lots of the characters. No one was, like, a... a a way too stereotyped, super flat, um, like caricature, uh, like generic, like one theme character. Like I felt like everybody had depth to them, like even some of the side characters. Um, so I really like that. I like side characters with depth. We've kind of talked about that on some past episodes. Um, but uh, all in all, like I just, I think like, this this show just touches on so many like really strong emotional themes of loss and PTSD and even a little bit about um just like uh, what it's like being handicapped and what uh um and a little bit of like a touch on d dementia and alcoholism and all this kind of stuff uh like it it just covers so many themes and it covers them so well and I felt like um, you know, I cared about what happened to all of these characters. Um, uh, the, the only thing I will say is very seldomly, I think, uh, one or two times in the show, and I'm sure you'll, this will probably be part of your, uh, negative bits. Um, some of the emotion was a, just ever so slightly over the top. Uh, like just some of the sadness seemed a little bit exaggerated for the current situation. Um, but I mean, that's, that's anime for you, you know, everything's kind of pushed up to 11, but this wasn't even up to 11. It was just, sometimes it was slightly too much. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of my pitch for it. I, I, I loved everything about it, the setting, the characters, the themes. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's super interesting. Cause you've listed off every single thing that was a pro for me. I, <clears throat> I, I love I love the idea of what they were trying to do with the plot. I think the I, I think the art direction was damn near impeccable. Like like the visual storytelling they even do. Some of even the sequences they have, like they have these time lapse sequences that pop every once in a while that are just like Pixar quality. Yeah, they do, their time lapses are tight. Like in the observatory, like like the guy waiting in the window, the three days, for yep. uh, to go see the comet. Gorgeous. Like like the storyboarding and the actual animation, is, is is hallmark. I will never fucking deny that, because I'd be talking up my ass if I did. The thing that really did it for me, is uh, is, it felt like they had a great idea. And then a really great adaption team based off of an absolutely dog shit script. I f there was not one line of dialogue in there that didn't feel obtuse, ham-handed, weak, and shoddy. All of ju just how characters talk and interact with each other and just like the day just like the day-to-day -day interactions just felt weak and rough uh they 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 just fell back on tropes and bullshit anime 
stuff without actually thinking about does what the is what the character's saying make any sense in the current like situation uh that they're in i i don't have a ton of things to sample from but that's my but that's a but that was a really big thing but that was a really big thing for me just like the the typical anime stuff you you see where dialogue can just feel like i don't know un unrealistic where like if i was standing there it's not like anyone else in the world would actually say the things that these people say to each other a big thing is near the end of the show uh one of the things that comes to mind just because i finished up the show today is the characters are standing on top of a train violet's standing on top of a train confronting some soldiers who are attempting to bomb who are attempting to bomb the train now what happens is uh, she jumps up on top and, like, karate fucking destroys two, uh, two enemy soldiers that were up there already. Just, like, huata huata knocks their ass out. And then, so there's a group of, like, eight soldiers, one train car away. And, and what they proceed to do is instead of, I don't know fucking shoot her is they proceed to stand and have a this is my everything this is what i stand for this is my this and this is my that as they as as these eight dudes who are saying nothing stand there like we'll let the commander fucking finish talking for like one sec instead of the commander going I kill her we got a plan to do and after that's all done after they finish having their talk they the commander says, Okay, boys, get her. And these eight men with guns proceed to not fire a single shot and charge her with bayonets, attempting to stab her to death from the top of a moving train car less than 20 feet away. There are eight of you. You have repeating rifles. Shoot her ass. You could have killed her. There... It's just stuff like that where the show begins to take it the show starts to get really caught up in its feelings and just forgets that it's actually supposed to be happening in a semi-realistic universe one one where uh, other stuff is happening one where military people have undergone one ounce of fucking military training one thing where people actually answer people's questions with not with non obtuse answers such as Violet, who's the major? I'm just waiting for a command. You can be your own person. It would be like an exchange. None of those sentences have anything to do with the previous sentence. That's just people saying stuff th that got strung together into a pseudo sentence. As th these characters that they wanted to develop, these side characters, it was. It was, granted, it was so much better than most normal anime. These, these weren't, th this is a mostly women-focused show. Pretty much every character that you talk to with the, with like one or two exceptions are, are women. And the people that we're diving into the most. And, like, there was only one in there that was like, hey, look at me, I got titties everywhere. <clears throat> and th that had no backstory apart from that I am the titty person. <laughs> There's, it's true. There is only one of those, which is yeah, good. Which is great. A, a major, major, major plus for a show. But every single one of their backstories was and and internal plots was focused around a man, without exception. Uh, I, I Iris, spunky girl that we meet first off. She only went and tried to be. And she only went to the big city to become an auto memories doll and follow her dreams because she got shot down by a boy. The Lolly Princess, instead of a potential really cool arc of, uh, of, of, well, Violet trying to discover what love is and seeing what a loveless marriage could be, exploring that thing, of course the little fucking Lolly Princess of Flugel, which I'm pretty sure is a Vanguard card, that stupid-ass little pink dog. And it is! It fact, is! <laughs> uh, goes, uh. 
uh, of course, she was actually in love with the with the other prince the whole time. Her only concern was, does he love me back? Oh, who gives a shit? You're being forced into a marriage. You have no feelings <laughs> on that shit at all? Nope. <laughs> no, of course not. The, uh... uh all the... Uh, the... The dad... Uh, the, the alcoholic playwright... Who... For what... Who I thought was probably one of the stronger arcs that they had... Yep. Uh, they couldn't bother... They couldn't bother to write a fucking good-ass play for him. He was like, write down this dialogue, and then a water spirit comes in from the side and puts out the fire. Continue on. He was, like, he was writing a children's play. That's awesome. Followed by a play where a guy gets stabbed, and then he basically turns, and then the guy who stabbed him looks basically at the audience and says, I must live with the weight of my sins. And in the most ham-handed, maybe this have, applies to violence. Have you seen a Shakespearean play before? That was a, a rather accurate rendition of old-school playwriting. Uh, no. I'm gonna say big false on that one. That, th this is supposed to be one of the greatest playwrights of their, of their age. And the guy, and, and it fucking ends... Shakespeare, in fact, didn't say everything he was trying to communicate to the audience. He used a thing called metaphor and abstraction, which is just, it's, and again, if it was just that, I wouldn't give a shit. If it was just like, hey, the play episode, they didn't write the best play, I, I wouldn't care. But it's just this cumulative effect of every episode feeling like there was one beautiful, gorgeous, orchestrated moment where just everything came together, where, like, the dialogue, the development, the people, everything, converged to a single point that was gorgeous, like, every single episode. And that happened every time. But then it just felt like they didn't know what to do with the rest of the 23 minutes. And it just feels just clunky and overblown and just a slog for me personally to get through. And that's... And which I felt could, if this show had maybe gotten, I don't, I don't know if they were confined by by a script that they that maybe didn't get translated from Japanese very well, or what their personal constraints were, but I just feel like maybe if they'd gotten, maybe if the voice actors had gotten a little better voice direction on like how to deliver their lines, like the context they were in, or if they had. Or if like the scriptwriters had maybe sent it through a revision or two for the English dub, we haven't. I I haven't watched the Japanese sub, so I don't know if that if that one feels as clunky in some places. But if that had all gone together, I would say this is an absolutely phenomenal show that you have to check out. It's just the beautiful moments are separated by too much unpleasantness for me to enjoy, and for me to be able to recommend. And that's just my, and that's just kind of how I came out of it. Huh. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't think we've ever, like, disagreed this much on a show before. Yeah, I don't think it's ever been this polarizing. No, um, the only other time we had a yes-no reaction was during, uh, like, Neon Grapefruit's Eve and Gelatin. Oh, God. Where, don't where, talk about that show. I know, where we basically said the first big chunk of it is anus, but then we had differing opinions on whether or not the last bit actually made it yeah, worth watching. So at least we be... agreed on some parts. Well, and yeah. we agree on a lot of this. Everything True. that Everything you said you enjoyed is something I enjoyed too. Concept, brilliant. Art, brilliant. Storytelling, brilliant. Development of characters, brilliant. Non- non fan servicey girls are more than fucking sex toys awesome but i there were just other parts that were obviously weren't an issue for you that just really were an issue for me yeah because i was gonna say like i thought the show had uh you know i thought it did a great job of avoiding kind of like hammed up dialogue a lot like the play scene like yeah i'll give you that one um, but, like, I thought, really, like, a lot of the conversations, um, you know, felt 
not super kind of overblown or anything like that. Uh, a lot of the times you got Violet's character saying some weird, weird shit, like you were kind of alluding to, like, who's the major? Like, I'm just waiting on an order kind of thing. But I think the the show does a good job of justifying some of those weird comments, because I will admit, I will, like, do you, do you think that Violet is the main perpetrator of, like, dumb dialogue choices? No. Really? Okay. I think it's most of the other people behaving not like how human beings act. Violet, they gave a show justification for, is that she's, is that she's mentally ill, she's suffering post-war, and there's a reason why she just can't connect with the people around her. I absolutely accept all of that. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, cause like some of my favorite points in the show in between, of course, the big hard hitting, the moments, um, uh, some of my favorite parts of the show were a lot of, uh, Violet's interactions with, um, shoot, G- G- Gilbert. Is that his name? The, the no, that's the major. Yeah. Uh, the, major. the, the red haired guy dude. that owns yeah, the, yeah, the president, yeah, the guy who owns the company that she writes letters for. Yep. I thought his character Claudia was Hod- super... Hodgins. Yeah. Uh, I thought his character was really good. Uh, I thought a lot of the dialogue between them was very much so, this dude is a normal-ass guy trying to figure out what the actual fuck is wrong with this girl uh, and how to help her. Uh, I thought, like, it was... Uh, I thought at first, like, I was going to hate the main um, male delivery guy. Um, he's just kind of like this, the, uh, you know, uh, snooty standoffish kind of guy. Um, but like but d- he turns worry, out to he be turned like, out to not be in the show except for karate kicking. Yeah. But like the, the points at which you do see him, he is like actually an interesting character. And like, you see him go from this, like kind of trying to dodge work, kind of just like, well, I don't care about anything kind of guy. To, like, working his ass off to, like, try to, you know, like, there's the scene where one of their new mail delivery people doesn't actually deliver the mail and throws it in the garbage. And, like, he stays out late to, like, deliver it until he, like, fucks up his ankle or some shit because he wears dumb stripper boots. Um, And then later on into the show, uh, you see him, like, fight really hard to protect the train and all of his friends by kicking a bomb off of some bridge they're going across or something like that. I will say, I think personally the weakest part of the show is the, the train bit at the end. Uh, as soon as they get on the train, the show just kind of poops out. Um, you know, uh, but like, honestly, I really like all of the dialogue that Violet has with almost everyone in the show. The only two people that I think, could really use some help with dialogue is Gilbert's older brother, the captain. That guy is just a, uh, a fucking, what are they called? Crispy rice treats, uh, level of, uh, uh, human being the <laughs> rice a... cakes. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? No. They taste like nothing. Oh, um, I don't know. I always just call him like a nothing burger. Yeah, he's a nothing. He's a, he's nothing, a nothing burger, burger character. Human. Yeah, that guy. And who then... I would like to point out, uh, when when a guy was holding a gun on Violet, shoots the gun out of the guy's hand from the top of a moving train, and then has the balls to say Violet, why wouldn't you kill them? After trick shooting a gun out of a guy's hand instead of just shooting the guy. I mean, he then proceeds to kick the guy off the train. As opposed to just shooting the guy. Yeah, valid. Alright, you got me there. Uh, I do honestly, like, I I will kind of defend the scene that you were kind of talking about with the soldier standing around the the general and the general monologuing at her. Uh, And then, you know the the classic the classic movie trope that we've all seen a hundred times of uh eight bad guys fight one good guy one at a time in melee combat and get their shit rocked um but like i i felt like that's 
that's a staple that is a staple of visual media at this point and like i i find it hard to fault the show for doing that because like every show does that every uh, then again just because every show does it doesn't mean it's a good yeah, thing yeah uh, say <laughs> i will i will kind of like put that cat like yes it's not great you know, you watch Batman and you see ten people with guns fight him in fist combat one by one. And you're like, why didn't you just kill Batman? And the answer is, well, because then the plot wouldn't work. Uh, and, like, it was, it's that kind of shit. And, like, it's not great, but, like, at the same time, like, I, I find... I, I put up with it more just because I know it's a thing that happens in... in like, not just anime, but in, like, all visual media, pretty much. Uh, so that that's kind of my defense to that. And I also thought that scene was really cool because we saw uh, Violet, like, restraining herself after she even... She gets shot in that scene. Uh, she gets shot twice, once in the metal arm, which doesn't do much, and then once, like, in her shoulder. Uh and, like, we see her showing the restraint, enough restraint to literally pull an enemy soldier back up onto the train as he's about to fall off of it mid-fight because she doesn't want to be responsible for the death of anybody else. Um, so I, I kind of defend that scene just a little bit, but I definitely understand where you're coming from. Um, but I will say that, the, uh, like I was t the two people that needed some better dialogue, in my opinion... Um, were Gilbert's older, older brother, the captain, and then um, the uh, stargazing kid. I thought Leon. he was so annoying and just the most cliche, like, Agu, cute girl, will you come watch the stars with me? Yeah. Maybe someday we'll meet again. And I was like, yeah, your storyline sucks. But, like... Other than those two, like, I felt like the all of the arcs that we went through from uh, the sister whose brother is an alcoholic cripple from the war, the uh, um, the dying mom with the little kid uh, that really cares about her, the uh, the the playwright who lost his daughter, the soldier who uh, is essentially just recounting his, his last words to her. And she's like, so there's this super powerful scene in my opinion, in the show uh, near the end where, uh, Violet, uh, like kind of parachutes into like an active battle zone, um, to write a letter for, um, one of the soldiers. Uh, and he gets shot like right before she gets there. Uh, she then essentially like patches him up and takes him to a cabin and he recounts, he essentially gives his last words to his parents and to his, uh, the girl he was looking forward to going back to. Uh, and obviously she doesn't have any of like her writing equipment. So she is just, uh, you know, air typing out the letter, uh, above him as he's talking and he's talking about this loss and he's talking about this girl that he's never going to be able to be with. And you see her air type out the message to the parents. But as soon as he starts talking about the, the, the inability to spend the rest of his life with this, this girl that he hasn't even kissed yet that, you know, they just expressed that they, they liked each other. Uh, she stops doing the air typing because she realizes that this guy is going through the exact same thing that she was going through with um, with the major. Uh, and I thought that was a super powerful moment, the moment that she realized that she didn't need him to explain the letter that she needed to write. She already, because she had developed all these feelings over the show, she could finally express them because, you know, she figures it out because this guy is telling her and she's like, that's exactly how I feel. You're saying all of the things that I feel right now, um, and I finally, you know, understand how to how to like put that down onto paper. And she writes out the the letter for the parents and for the the girlfriend. Uh, and eventually, they like they like thank her for you know bringing the memory of her son their son home. Uh, and it's like a super powerful moment, and I and I loved that, and I loved all of the writing in there. 
um just him expressing like his feelings towards his you know future girlfriend well not future girlfriend now and uh his parents uh and all this stuff like i thought the writing was really strong there uh you know i i feel like there was more strong writing moments than there was weak writing moments in my opinion okay and that's uh and I feel and like that's, that's the take. point where we're, I think that's the point where we're at, where it's felt, not, yeah, it's, it's not that like, um, like I thought something was good, uh, but this was bad and you thought the bad stuff, like we're at a yeah. point where like, I think the bad, the stuff that you thought was bad was good. So like, how do you, how do you argue, argue that? Like, I can't. Well, why the fuck are you? That's why we got two hosts that can settle on two different opinions, my guy. It's true. I we I yeah, we don't need to come to the same uh, conclusion, you know. Yeah, but man. Uh, this In fact, was... one of the craziest things that people uh, this is one of those things where, unlike you know the fact that black people should not be killed by police officers, differing opinions are valid. God bless. There are there are true good points yeah. for differing opinions, but there are some things that could uh, that are currently happening. Political. Yeah, that uh, that <laughs> do not constitute different opinions. That's that's yeah. not an opinion. You're just a bad person. Uh, yeah. But I don't think you're a bad person for not liking this show. Uh, I think it like I'm not gonna lie, man. Like this. This is the best. This this is my favorite non-action anime. Like really? I don't. It's going to be hard for something else to beat this. Like, like your name, your lion, April. Uh, like, fucking. I I don't watch. I guess a lot of non-action anime. Steinsgate. How about Steinsgate? Like. You like it yeah. more than Steinsgate? It's a close second, but I like this more than Steinsgate now. Wow. Like, it might be a new number one. I think... I cried, like, six times watching this show, man. Like, it is an emotional roller coaster. I felt for every single one of the characters that she helped and her. And, like, honestly, Steinsgate was amazing. And, like, I love all of the characters in that show. But, like, truly, I think... In my opinion, this show is better. I... I don't even think it's worth me going back through a bunch of critiques now because like that's because every because it's gonna because everything is just gonna sound like I'm like I'm nitpicking and maybe I am nitpicking and there's nothing wrong with that it's but my but my experience in this show was just as it went through I told well, I totally understood what it was going for, and I loved what it was going for, and what the animation was able to achieve. I just, the elements that I mentioned before just kept pulling me out of a, of a full experience with the show. I could never get into it because I could never get interested in, in in a conversation i felt i, I felt like had no bearing on, on reality i couldn't develop i i couldn't develop a love for a character whose whose backstory was well i would be strong but this boy though <laughs> or some or, or or something along those lines. Just no, and I, wh- and whatever I, it was the particular time, I just couldn't get into it. And I get you, man. Like I'm not saying this show doesn't have flaws. Like I agree. Like some of the some of the dialogue is very campy, and like it it kind of all comes down to, and this I feel like is a lot of animes, um, is like no show is going to be technically perfect. Course. Um, in anybody's eyes, it's just a question of whether um, the good outweighs the bad for you. And like yeah. all, I acknowledge, I acknowledge the bad about this show. Um, 
um, you know, like the, the campy writing, I, I completely understand. And especially like the episodic nature is not for everyone. A lot of people really like, um, you know, strong, uh, themes to like arcs and stuff like that. Uh, whereas this is more so about a character developing, uh, over the life of, um, over the life of the show versus like a storyline progressing, um, I guess. But yeah, like, like, like I'm saying, like nothing's perfect. I, I don't think this is the perfect show by any means. I just think it's, uh, you know, the, the bad stuff kind of pulled you out of it more than it pulled me a lot more than it pulled me out of it. And I think um, that's the bottom line. I think just <clears throat> this shows like high points and low points, I think just happened to align in such a way that like you rode the highs while I got dragged down by the lows. And I for think sure. That's, and, I, and I think that's a good synopsis of kind of what happened. Yeah. Well, do you uh, do you want to do do a little art corner discussion? Yeah, sure. Cool. So, like I said before, the animation and storyboarding in this is like just about flawless. It's uh, but certain certain parts, especially whenever whenever they could get characters outside of a of an indoor space. They just went ham sandwich banana pancakes on the backgrounds. Absolutely. Like, like, like these very big things. And they say, and then they compensated for that by occasionally sticking people inside a very, bo- like, comparatively very boring, like, one-dimensional houses with, like, not much going on. And then, and it's like they were, like, saving up PowerPoints for, like, uh for like ten, for like 7 to 10 minutes of just nut busting glory per episode and, and 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 that and that of just like of just if i was taking individual pictures the visuals but like that isn't everything i can a, a bunch of beautiful portraits don't tell a story and a lot of these pictures did tell a story they lots of focus on nuance on a nuanced facial expressions lots lots of very fluid character movement i'm pretty sure some parts of this were in full 60 frames per second which i've never seen before some of those movements were too fluid to be in anything else other than 60 fps and i don't know how that works with animation uh i don't claim to know how it works but some of these parts were animated too smoothly and fluidly to be in like the normal 30 that i would expect to see out out of an anime they were just, they just glided, and the carrot, and, like, if I, just, like, this show on mute would have been fucking gorgeous. Like, I can never, I could never, ever fault anything, and I think it actually deserved the award it got for best animation. I don't know what else is in the category, but I could understand why why it won that, because I think this is, this is one of the prettiest shows I've ever seen. It's up there for me with shows like, uh, it says, we have backgrounds as gorgeously drawn as, as your name, which for a movie budget versus a show budget is incredibly impressive. Very true. We have, and then we have, uh, um, what the fuck? And, uh, and, and then we have fun stylistic things that do that are up did that look like a lot of things were just drawn with like the individualized love and care that you see out of a show like one punch man where it just feels like all of the fun parts are just like no because what one punch man did is they hired a fuck ton of freelancers to draw the whole show and those freelancers just like poured their heart and soul into that thing season one season two looks like absolute dookie dog shit and i hated it i want yep. wa- season two made me fucking cry they like yep. ruined my favorite show and it yeah but that's a that's a discussion for a different time yeah uh, uh no i i completely agree with you on everything for the animation i even uh the only thing to speak to is even when they're in those kind of like less remarkable indoor spaces like they 
rather than fill the space with a bunch of undefined details, they keep the rooms purposely simple, so they still look incredible, even though there's not a whole mm. lot going on. Uh, so it, they are still well drawn. They are sim. Mm-hmm. I if it was j- but I, I I'm of the opinion that if it was if we never had those like big outdoor shots or anything, <clears throat> the animation would would be good. But nothing to like. Very that true. Would win awards or anything. The the outdoor segments of the show are insane. Yes. Uh, so beautiful. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I. They the all. Couple... Sorry. Go for all, it. Also, no. Uh, all I want to say is that note on this show: don't go in looking for tons of effort and design that went into the character models themselves. Look for the background and environment shots. I found the character designs to be a little uninspired for for a lot of them. The the, the because of the more realistic setting, I feel like the character models are a little bit more drab. They're kind of just normal looking humans. Yeah. A lot of the times. Yeah. Um the one really interesting thing that the show did visually that I thought was, was interesting was Rip Saber straight from the Fate series and Sticker as the protagonist? Yeah, it's crazy how they allowed them to doing that. The main character yeah, yeah. does look ridiculously similar to Saber. And she uh, played Saber. Is it the that same is, voice actor? Uh, not from from a different Fate spinoff, but it's uh, but Saber still looks like Saber, Fate Apocrypha. Ah, right. uh, gotcha. She was also uh, Yumiko Jabami from Kakaguri, the uh, gambling show. I literally watched the first episode of that like an hour before we we were recording this. Yeah. And like I was like, she sounds very familiar. And um, Elizabeth from Seven Deadly Sins. Oh well, she voices a bunch of characters. I love them. I love she it. She is in fucking everything. Her she is. They got a lot of top fifteen or like top fifty people in this one. They just they just went and they just really grabbed like the usual talent pool. Yes, the usual suspects. Um, I will say the one thing that the visually that I haven't seen in a lot of shows before, uh, that really, I really dug on this show is there's this thing that they do with, um, shading and light wrapping around objects. Um, you know, you got that vibe where if, if a light's behind you, some of it will kind of like wrap around the edges of something, uh, that you're looking at, uh, I guess, uh, it's it's kind of like reverse shadows, I guess. Um, uh, but it they they have this really cool like shading technique where they use this like kind of uh, bright cream colored um, shading around the edges of stuff that was backlit, uh, and it looked so nice. Uh, it's I didn't kind notice of, that. That that's a really cool observation. Yeah, it's kind it's kind of hard to catch. It's not like a super obvious thing. Um, but like, I just appreciated the way it, it brought a lot of contrast, uh, against the kind of like, um, you know, because these characters other than, you know, the main characters, uh, are all kind of like these, you know, basic normal people, everyday Joe Schmo kind of looking people, um, that kind of bright color that wrapped around them when they were backlit or like side lit by a window while they were talking to somebody else, um, brought some like extra brightness to otherwise like very muted uh, grays but and browns kind of color palette that a lot of the characters had on, which I thought was really interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, well, oh yeah, one thing with the 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 landscapes as well is the the varied um, uh, levels of them this this show kind of takes place over what seems to be the span of like a couple of years uh or like a year or two almost um because you see seasons change throughout the show um uh, so like at the beginning you get these nice like summery very warm big green lush outdoor areas um and then once you get to farther into the show you start to get into fall with during the uh actor uh or sorry the playwright arc um where you know there's these beautiful scenes of like the leaves changing colors and uh the pond in the guy's backyard covered in like orange leaves uh 
and it, it just looks uh, phenomenal. Uh, and then at the end of the show, um, you see in the northern part of the country, it's like currently wintry, uh, and there's snow on the ground, uh, and you see these big like dead tree and mountain landscapes uh, covered in snow, uh, and that all looks uh, just phenomenal in my opinion. Um, so yeah, I like the variety as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so uh, with you, me- you want to hear some? Mu- oh, I was gonna say music. I was gonna fucking cue you in. You were. Yeah, I'm sorry. Ahead I, jumped, of me. I jumped in front of you. I apologize. Please. So no, I, I am in fact not the director. One of the things, one of actually my favorite things, uh, in the show was the, um, mid episode music, uh, which is usually if, if anybody out there is a kind of a long time listener to the podcast will realize that I almost never discuss in detail or any kind of length, the music that happens during the episodes. It's always, uh, OP and outro. And then I go, yeah, I, th- I think the, the mid-episode mid music did its job all right. Uh, this one, uh, I think it all excelled. Uh, you know, the uh, all of the, like, orchestral compositions um, both expressed uh, emotion and feeling in the right place at the right time and the correct emotion. Um, but also, uh, for the first time in a... In a while that it was a very um concentrated idea of what they wanted from the music in this show i feel like a lot of like the more shonen shows you see have like a bunch of like they they switch genres there's some butt rock there's some electronic stuff uh there's some like really upbeat hip-hop stuff there's you know a wide range of stuff going on this was like a very concise like it's an orchestral vibe uh, you know, it, and it's always going to be that, and it's never not going to be that. Um, and I thought that that like concise idea of what they wanted the music to be worked really well with the very like uh, the very well defined um, time period and setting they went for. Uh, I feel like those two things meshed really well. You know, there wasn't an e- instrument that I heard mid episode that I was like that's a synthesizer in Victorian England. You can't do that. Uh, you know, I thought overall, like the, the mid episode music during a lot of the emotional climaxes during a lot of just like the city scenes, uh, was perfect. I thought the orchestration was really good just in the sense that, um, you know, the music swelled and moved with the emotion of the scene kind of flowed with the, the, the ups and the downs of the feelings of, uh, what's happening. Um, you know, as, as hope rised, it would swell as hope was crushed. It would kind of drop. You'd, you'd feel everything through the music, uh, which I thought was incredible. Um, for the OP, uh, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I usually don't, dig on kind of kind of some of these like soft rock openings uh that you get sometimes i think they a lot of the time they lack a lot of punch and a lot of like feel that like gets you set up for the show um but for this show i i really don't think um that was the case i think it set up kind of this um energetic like hopefulness that was the start of every single episode. Uh, at no point did an episode start like emotionally soul crushing. You know, you as you learned more about the characters and moved through the episodes, uh, it got it. It would turn dark, and you would be you know uh, kind of sad, and it wouldn't be great. And then it was always the acceptance of sadness, and always the like the upturn that would really like get me in the feels. Cause it's like the, this, like this person is finally letting go of all their pain. This person is finally getting over all the things they've been dealing with. Um, that's, that's why I would be sad. And the, I feel like the OP always set up the beginning of that kind of up and down arc really well. It started you off on this happy, upbeat kind of hopeful vibe that went into the show very well because that's usually where 
um, you know, Violet and whoever they're working with starts. They start at this very, like, mid-level, and then you kind of see the demons come out, and you see, um, you know, the, the vibe get a little bit worse, and then at the end of the episode, they figure out what the issue is, and it brings it all the way back up. Um, and I feel like the music tracked that really well. Um, the outro was okay. I didn't really like the vocal style that they went for with it. It almost sounds like a Hatsume Miku, Miku track, like that robot voice. Uh, I feel like there was a little bit too much processing on the vocals. Um, and other than that, it was just kind of, you know, you'd get to this big emotional high point and you almost need this kind of like mid-level lull of a, a song at the end to kind of like ground you back in place for the next episode to start um so i although i didn't really like the tune itself um from a production standpoint or just like just from a, a song standpoint um i think it did its job um you know i thought it was all right um so that's my take on the music did you have anything about music to talk about nope nope you got it yeah, I yeah. This is this is a top tier anime score. Uh, I highly recommend it. Um, just as like background music or anything like that uh, as well. The, some of that mid mid show music was mm, so good. I I feel like I'm gonna get my ass roasted <laughs> and be called like oh the, and, and and be called like the biggest hypocrite. For this, because like, I, I don't know why What's up, this babe? show just like specifically just hit me worse than like other shows did. It's not like it's not like I've watched a ton of animes that are gonna win like writers awards or anything for like geniusly fluid dialogue or Fair. some shit. It's just like I just. It just didn't hit. I don't know, and I I think that's all I can, I think that's all I can say. Maybe it was a case of wrong place, wrong time. Maybe I just wasn't ready to watch this show. Uh, but like, I don't know. Hey, I people, I, I have no other way to just reiterate. Fucking no, people people have different like opinions about writing all the time. Like, I love the writing style of Warhammer Forty K books. I think they're great. I love oh. the fact I love the fact that like if it, like a character will walk into a room and it will take you two pages to get through the description of that room because oh, yeah, it is no. just so detailed. Some Bitch, people I listen to Wheel of Time. People, Are you some, shitting me? Fair. Some people fucking hate that shit. So like it's I'm I'm totally fine with it. Dialogue I, I I'm not saying that this show has that vibe. I'm just saying that dialogue is a very subjective thing. Like, some people are going to be, you know, okay or into, you know, a whole different kind of feel than, than we are. Uh, so I think it's honestly good that we have these, these two different things. You know, if, if you really can't deal with some of the more campy uh, dialogue, this probably isn't the show for you because it will distract you. Like, there are some campy moments that don't come across really well, uh, and I agree with you on that, but uh, if you can get past um, some of those more campy moments, I, I think you should give this this show a try. Yeah, I think... And, and, and there you go. I just have to... I just, gotta, I just gotta be real and just say, like, what I thought. I just... <clears throat> that's gonna be, for me... Final verdict on this, since we do binary shit, it's gonna be a no. I, I, I can't. I'd say, look up, uh, screenshots. Make big, make like some pictures. Your desktop background, if if you want, <laughs> watch like, we'll watch like some things. But I just personally can't recommend that 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 people watch this. Uh, it's a bunch of a ton ton of amazing ideas. But that just got held together by some by some glue that just didn't make me happy. Hey, and that's completely understandable. My my final verdict is a resounding yes. Um, I think if you like uh, beautiful animation styles, great music, and some really 
really hard-hitting themes, uh, this is uh, a really good show for you. Uh, but yeah, this is this was interesting. I'm glad it's, it's been a while since we've disagreed. Yeah, it was just very honest conversation. It's been a while since we've disagreed on anything. Yeah, uh, that's true. So this was this we, was because nice. we normally have because a lot of our anime tastes align. Very like, true. We, like very we, true. we watch anime for a lot of the same reasons. Yeah, but we both kind of got into anime on like action scene, and we've only started looking at non-action shit later on in life. Yeah, where like and it's I in an action show, I can forgive a little bit of shitty dialogue for just like some like gorgeously animated high octane nuts to butts fight scenes and right. stuff like that yeah if if fate stay night has some bad lines in it who gives a shit dude yeah <laughs> uh, unlim- unlimited budget works yeah. holy fucking let's let's be honest <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah all right let's... but cool well thank you guys so much for listening uh that it, it's been about an hour yeah, let's Should let's wrap, wrap her up. up. Thank you guys again for listening and checking us out. Stay uh, safe. Yeah, stay there. safe out there. It's it's gross. It, it's right a tough now. world. Lots of crazies. Yeah. Lots of crazies. Yeah, lots of crazy people. Lots of crazy virus. Lots of crazy shit going on. So yeah, no shit. Uh, don't don't come too close to your relatives on Christmas. I know it's tempting. I know you want to go home. I know you want to spend time with Mima for your christmas present but like you want Mima to be you around also want for a couple. to live yeah so it's it's not worth i've already had this argument with my parents we're doing some social distancing stuff on thanksgiving and i think my dad's going to cry about it but like hey you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do in, in the end giving up a single holiday is more important than losing a family member so yeah i'm in the same boat for christmas with with uh, in-laws my uh got some uh not the immediate family but like the extended in-laws family some of them are really trying to like drive that home so it's tough but at the end of the day you guys still love each other and and uh if you're over 18 you in fact are an adult you can make your own you can make your own decisions and this exactly. will not, in fact, shatter the relationship with anyone's family. Nope. If they love you, they'll get over it. Yeah. Well, really. you'll be thank, fine. Yeah, stay safe out there. Thank you for watching. Check us out on all the social medias at Boca de Gallo. Uh, we're always here to respond and take suggestions because the viewer count yep. is low now. You can get your suggestions in and we'll probably do the show. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, thank you so much and- for tuning in. And if you like discussions like this, give us shows that one of us hasn't watched yet. So we can just yeah. like, give like a real raw kind of thing. Otherwise, if you want more top tier comedy, like, quote, Bolognese Lolita, then, you know, <laughs> hey, again, uh, come, somebody, I'm coming back. Somebody needs to do me a solid and recommend High School of the Dead so that I can support wholeheartedly <laughs> that show and Michael can tear it a new asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched it a long time ago and I remember not loving it. <laughs> it's just titties and zombies, man. Not much That's to, the thing. Not much to hate. <laughs> uh, uh, good, goodbye, my wonderful salsa heroes. Goodbye, tomato boys. And goodbye. girls. And they them. Bye.